All right. Ready to go, Reg? All set? Okay. Everything seems to be in order today. Microphone is where it should be. Looks like their levels are good. The chair is in the right spot. It's at the right height. The board is all clean. There's no pens sitting around or cups. or It actually looks like I said before. Leave it the way you found it. <laughs> nice. Maybe my... Oh, hello. <laughs> Maybe my... Uh... <laughs> Maybe my little uh, comments around here have have had some impact. We'll see. Anyway, you ready to go? All right, let's do this. Put it in the book, episode 342, 342. I'll give you the three S's, and I'll give you the countdown. Give me the music. I'll give you a podcast. How's that? I'm all set. Are you? Cool. Here we go. Star, smile, strong. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's see how the music kicks in today, too. Have you tried it? No? Well, we'll just have to <laughs> we'll have to give it a shot here. Huh? We'll see. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. <laughs> okay, that's too, no, that's, too, that's too long. That's too long, right? Yeah, you see that, right? All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. Of course we're there. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you find it. And if you like what you hear, don't forget. Because this is the key thing. It's the third time I'm saying don't forget. But don't forget, that's the fourth time. To get out there and spread the word. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody who listens to a podcast. But your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podcast, and it should be theirs too. Oh, that loyalty, that devotion—it's so warm. It's like a—it's like a, a roasted chestnut around the holiday season, isn't it? Don't forget, if you like what you hear, you go to wgnradio.com. You go to the podcast section. You go to the prompt. Under the podcast section for this specific podcast, and my goodness, just keep scrolling down and scrolling down. You'll see podcast after podcast after podcast after podcast. It's always a good idea to see where we've been to see where we're going. And right now, we're going to episode number 300. 42. <laughs> so, I don't know if you've been reading the, well, I don't know, do, does anyone list, read newspapers anymore? <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've been seeing the news, scrolling through the news. What, what do we say? What are we, are we scanning the news? I don't even know what you, you can say anymore. You can watch the news, obviously, on television. They still have that. That's still old school. That's still that's still 
somewhat passive. You still turn on the TV at certain periods of time and the news is on. That hasn't changed. That's about the only thing in the news world that hasn't changed in the last 15 years or so since the Internet took over. But uh, but certainly, I don't know if newspapers, if people can, can even say that. I do know a few people who do. I still see them reading newspapers, so I still see them. They look like relics. The funny thing is, uh, at my health club, in the lobby, they had a couple of, you know, those, I don't even know if people even know what these are anymore. But for those of you who remember them, remember the newspaper machines? They used to have like a little a newspaper machine that you could buy a newspaper from on the street. They would be, you know, chained. <laughs> because of our of our society they were chained to to poles usually and there was a, a series of them at, at many different corners especially in the downtown areas or or busy areas in the city you would see uh newspaper machines where you could put the your change in and there would it would be the newspaper would be displayed in a little little glass front there you could see the headlines to entice you to buy it and then you'd you know you'd put the money in and you'd pull the 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 face of that down and inside there would be a bunch of newspapers and it was certainly you know the honor system you pay for one and the honor system was you take one I, i don't know if how many people People used to take multiple copies uh but you rarely see those machines uh anymore uh, I mean, I guess it's a machine, right? A newspaper machine, right? What else can you call it? I guess it was a machine because it took money. I mean, it's a vending machine, right? Although it wasn't electronic, so maybe it wasn't a machine. Did it have another name? That I have, I've completely forgotten. Doesn't matter because I think those. I mean, that would that would actually. I wouldn't mind. You know, I collect odd things sometimes. That I think would be cool to have. I wonder if I can go on eBay and find a newspaper, what is it called? Machine, right? I guess. I'll have to look that up now. Once again, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but now that I'm thinking about it, that would be kind of cool to have that. And the reason I mention it is because there, was a, there are a couple that are still sitting in the, the lobby of my health club, but I remember, you know, as I said, that the newspaper was, was, was displayed in the front, and a little piece of glass window that you could read the headline to be enticed to buy it. And uh, I was driving, I was looking, as I was walking past it, I saw like the, the little headline above the masthead, and it said something about the Cubs. So it was probably, for, it was obviously in the summer. And so I'm looking at it, because it was the summertime when I noticed this. And it said something about the Cubs and 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 you Darvish, who was a, you know, pitcher on the Cubs. And so when I first saw this little mini headline above the masthead, I assumed that it was maybe a you know the Cubs. I don't even really follow the the, the schedules anymore, so I assumed that maybe he's on San Diego now. At least he was this past season. So I was saying, well, maybe it's you know about you you Darvish pitching or you know against you know for the cubs you know against the cubs blah 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 and then i look closer at the headline <laughs> and this is to say this is why these machines are so outdated that paper in the that was displayed in the window of the of the newspaper machine was 
from when you Darvish was still on the Cubs. And I don't even remember how many years that's been now. Has it been at least two? <laughs> so that newspaper, I don't think they've even filled that machine for at least one or two years. <laughs> but I wonder if I wonder how much of those one of those would cost. That would be kind of an interesting item to have because it really is this um this relic from another time when newspapers were the one of the main sources of information and i remember being in high school and trying to be really cool there was a way if if you if you if you did it right and i don't know for some reason and i wasn't you know i wasn't a thief or a deviant or by by any means but you know you like to sort of show off when you're a teenager especially around your friends uh there was a way that if you if you grab the handle of the the door that opened the machine to get the newspapers, if you grab the handle and you you hit now I'm a righty, so I grab the handle with my left hand, and if you hit it at just the right time, you had to time it right, you had to pull back you with your with my right hand, you'd hit the top where you put the money in. There was little slots for quarters and nickels and dimes. If you simultaneously hit that spot where you inserted the coins and pushed down to open the door of the newspaper machine, boom, at the same time, with just the right touch, it would open, and you wouldn't have to pay for a paper. And so I used to do that every so often. And sometimes I wouldn't even take the paper, to be honest with you. I would just come do it just to show you I can do it. <laughs> I don't think I took the paper all that often. Maybe one or two times just to be, just to look cool. You know, 17-year-old, 18-year-old, 16-year-old, trying to be cool, show off to your friends. That's the kind of things that a 16 or 17, at least when I was growing up, that's what we did to be cool. Now 16 and 17-year-olds, uh, they try to impress their friends by, by uh, carjacking. <laughs> wow, things have changed in the last... <laughs> 40 years or so haven't they <laughs> anyway yeah that's what we used to do for fun we would try to get 15 cent newspapers for free out of the newspaper machine by opening it uh and, and at the same time by pulling down and hitting that I, you know <laughs> but um but yeah i mean that used to be the main source of uh, of information but I don't know if you've been looking in the news. I don't know what you do for news now. I'll be honest with you. I, I, you know, as a little kid, my parents um, subscribed to both newspapers. That's one reason why I think I got involved in media from a young age. I was, I was always, I was reading at a very young age. Probably started with the newspaper, and so that's why I've always been, you know, interested in news, in in um, in news and. And uh, especially in Chicago and politics, because I would read the newspaper every day, even as a little kid in, in first and second grade. When we first started to read, that was what I sort of used. And and I would I would start reading it every day, and, and I would comprehend and understand. And, and then I'd watch the news, and I would get more information. And that's sort of where I I, I developed this. In fact, I, I remember I, I had an internship at um, the CBS station here in Chicago, Channel 2 News, when I was in college. And... Um, I may have told the story one time. And after I got the internship, after the interview, I was talking with the woman that hired me. And um, 
And she said, you know, uh, your interview was fine. You did a nice job. She said, but what really cinched it, and this was an off-the-top-of-my-head off the remark. I didn't, as I, as I prepared for this interview, you know, and how am I going to say this, and what am I going to talk about, and my experience, and why I want to get, you know, why I, want, why, why I want this internship, and blah, blah, blah. But it was just a, an off-the-cuff off remark I made, which resonated with her in terms of my news junkie kind of personality. She said... Uh, you know, you, your, your, your video was very good. You're fine and everything. But when, when you said, because I made a joke. Oh, that's a surprise, right? I made a joke that I said, well, if you go into my bedroom, uh, I don't even have carpeting. The, 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 my floor is covered with newspapers and magazines. That's my carpeting. Because I just, I am, so, and that's, and it, to some extent it was true. I wasn't that messy. But I just, I was always reading. I had magazines and, and, and newspapers always, every morning, every day, always was reading that stuff. So I made this joke that my floor was carpeted with newspapers and magazines. And she said, that is when I knew you were the right person for this internship. So you never know what's going to resonate with people. So you, you might want to just, you know, keep yourself as an open book and, and don't, don't discount your ad libs. <laughs> but that's what actually got me my internship. Um, talking about that it, it is sort of I guess it um, it exemplified how much of a news and information junkie I was that I, I was uh, so into reading the newspapers and magazines and being up on current events and things like that that they were just all over the place and uh, so much so that it carpeted my room but uh, I don't know and 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 I so I said I was reading I've been reading newspapers since I was a little kid and uh, not only has the price of a newspaper gone up, and I've talked about this too, uh, to a, 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 a large amount considering what you're getting. Uh, I mean, newspapers today are like pamphlets. They're so thin. You can read. I, I, and, and, and so I, I probably stopped uh, subscribing to newspapers, and that was a very difficult um, thing for me to do. But it, But the quarterly... Rates were just ridiculous for what I was getting. I was going through the paper in five, ten minutes. There just wasn't there wasn't a lot of content there, and the price was going up. And I'm like, I can get by scouring the internet, which I have been. And sometimes I, you know, and I and I don't even subscribe to the digital copies, which are much cheaper, obviously, because the printing isn't involved. Much cheaper in, um, you know, in price. But I've been able to get by. I watch the TV news more than I used to. I didn't watch the news as much as I did because I did depend on the newspaper because I always felt the newspaper gave me more facts and, and, and delve deeper into each story than 15-second little, little uh, bites on the news. So I always enjoyed reading the newspaper more. I eventually worked and edited for newspapers, so I, I was much more involved in, in, in firsthand operation of that. So I always liked reading newspapers, uh, at least early in my career, um, as a journalist. But um, but in today's world, sadly, you know, um, I, I found as I was reading newspapers that the stories were getting shorter because of our attention span. I felt that they. I felt that the copy the copy editing wasn't as good. I was seeing mistakes, factual as well as grammatical, in stories in the newspapers, and I'm like, okay, I can get that online. 
And so the stories were shorter. Uh, I don't think they were as well reported, or they certainly weren't as well edited. And so I, um, I stopped subscribing. It was not easy, but I'm used to it now. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I just am able to get what I can. I get what I can get from headlines and some of the newspapers, you know, they, they allow you to read X amount of stories for free and then they want you to subscribe. Um, but I have not resubscribed to any kind of newspaper, whether it is hard copy or digital. And uh, I get by by reading the headlines and then reinforcing some of those stories by watching the news on television. So that's the way I've been getting my news now, pretty much online and through television news. And I, I bet you that's how most people do. And I'm not happy about it, but I think uh, the the industry forced me to do it um, by by raising the price and cutting the amount of content. And also, obviously, um, as I've talked about before, as soon as ink hits the paper in a newspaper, it's already outdated because of the speed and the and the immediacy of uh, of the internet. Stories can't make it as soon as as soon as ink hits paper, those stories are there. And but the internet is twenty four hours, and so new information may 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 come to light. And the newspaper is printed. So that's where the shortcoming is today. It's, so, it's very hard for a newspaper to compete with the breaking news. And I don't even think they, they, they try that as much anymore. And that's why I think newspapers are now trying to do more investigative and long-form stories. Because that's not what the, what the, um, what the Internet news is about. And the Internet news is about fast-breaking stories. But the Internet, you, can't, you, know, you, always, you also can't trust that because there's... Well, first of all, I think I talked about this too. There's very little journalism going on online, and there's very little fact-checking, and it's more about speed than accuracy. So you sort of have to be a little more diligent than you were before. But I talk about this because not only in the background about journalism and, and how we got our news, but what I, what, what, what I want to talk about today um, if I don't know if you've been seeing the headlines, wherever you get your headlines from, whether it's television news, whether it's the actual newspaper, or whether it's online, but over the last several months, it's pretty. It's it's been pretty hard not to know, even on a cursory level, and it depends on your interest how in depth you may have continued to research the information. But um, over the last several months, uh, I think everybody is aware, at least on a on a, on a on a up on a just a very small level that uh Tesla owner and uh, SpaceX owner and entrepreneur Elon Musk recently bought Twitter the online app which really in many ways established what we know today as social media yes Facebook and and these other apps that have followed it, Instagram and TikTok and all the other ones that have come either before or after it. But Twitter really was the, f- the first one to grab a hold. And then Facebook certainly uh, took it to another level. But Twitter was the first one that really caught on. And uh, so I think you have to give Twitter its props for that because uh, 
it was groundbreaking. And it did begin, I think, in many ways, what we know culturally as social media. And, uh, you know, today, social media runs our world. And you can, you can deny that if you want, but, uh, <laughs> but it is true. And, and it's, not, it's always not the best. But I think it is true that Twitter does one uh, run our. I mean, not Twitter anymore, but uh, but social media certainly uh, runs our world. And it's funny when you think about that a company like that would be able to uh, be sold. You know, it really was founded in, in the early 2000s, around 2000, uh, 2006, but it really caught on very quickly. It was started by a guy named Jack Dorsey, who's done a lot of different, uh, you know, he might not be as well-known for whatever reason as, uh, as Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, but you cannot deny uh, the impact that Twitter has had. It's, it's just, uh, you know, it's just been, it's been cultural changing. But it's never made a lot of money. You know, it's free, it's out there. I mean, there's people are tweeting and, and giving their views on things. And it started off as a, as a very cool social networking service where People uh, could comment on anything. And look how <laughs> naive we were at that time. Like, oh, isn't this a great... You know, once again, the, the internet was founded on this, to some extent, this, this principle of democratizing information and letting everyone have free access to information and the ability to share as opposed to institutions being the the warehouse for information the whole idea was to, to democratize information and give every person access to information either to gain it or to to share it and on paper sounds great sounds revolutionary was revolutionary and as i've said many times uh all these technologies have, and I believe, in, in, at their core, I believe they have very positive um, outlooks and, and uses. They are, they are there for good. Unfortunately, they get used by people. <laughs> and people... Mostly destroy most things that we touch, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. And so um, we have corrupted social media. Twitter, well, it initially became an area where people could voice their views and voice their opinions and, and share information. It sounded great, like this, this world water cooler, right? Well, then we saw what happened very quickly in in different ways, fringe groups and hacking, false information, 
you know, most Twitter accounts now, if they're by celebrities, the, the celebrity doesn't even do them. They don't even know what they, they've got. They've hired people to be their social media people. So if you're if you follow on Twitter, somebody, especially of, of note, uh, the odds are that while they might be verified, right, that's a big deal with the check mark. They're not writing them. They're not sharing them. Most of the place now Twitter is used as uh, as a as a worldwide PR newswire. And let me explain what that is, having worked in the public relations world as well. There used to be something called the Newswire. I don't, I, there, it still is out there, but once again, I don't know how, uh, you know how much of an impact it used to have. It used to be a very big deal in the public relations world. That is where you, if you worked for a company, that's where you released your news. And that's where the, the media got it from, was from this Newswire. They would have a machine and that and and you would submit it and pay PR Newswire to 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 release your news because it had subscribers all around the world in newsrooms and that's how the newsrooms would get it and then they would hopefully when they saw it they would report on it either print your news release as is or at least be drawn to call you up and 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 companies still use the PR newswire but I don't believe it's as as um influential as it used to be because people are using Twitter and Facebook and social media for free why pay pay our newswire you can argue that PR newswire gets to the right eyes the ones you want them to get to that's that's the advantage it gets to the media but in today's world to be honest with you while it started as a social media platform I would I would bet you a majority of people that use Twitter on a daily basis are people in the media. <laughs> like I said, celebrities and 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 governmental people, they may have Twitter accounts and maybe at the initially they thought it was cool. And maybe they did, you know, mess around with it a little and put their little comments there specific or personally. But most celebrities don't even know if they have a Twitter account. They don't even know what's on their Twitter account. They hire somebody to be their social media person, and they post things for them. So they don't even know what's being posted there. But most media people go there to make their comments, to share their their news, to gossip. I mean, basically, that's what... You know, once again, I talked about humans corrupting everything. Twitter, in its infancy, and I'm sure in its in its conceptualization, was this area to, um, you know, to to share thoughts and information with others around the world, and it's really become just one big. Well, it's it's become two things. It's become either a huge place for gossip. Or it's become a place for hate speech. It's become a place for where people can tear other people down and make snarky comments anonymously. Um, and many people have lost their careers because of whether they're celebrities or journalists or or whatever have have lost their careers because of things that they posted that were offensive to people or weren't very thought out the 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 lure of twitter uh 
was that it was its immediacy, right? It's instant. That's 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 the internet's great uh, advantage. Is its 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 quickness, instant communication with everyone around the world. But as we once again, we as being flawed humans, uh, many times our knee-jerk reactions to things can get us in trouble. And we we get upset or we get excited or you know it could be either positive or negative and we we and now we have this this uh, this platform to share that immediately with everyone and 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 be the first one to tell or be the first one to you know, and um, and share this and that's great but a lot of times those first impressions that we have are not well thought out and they can be either filled with with inaccuracies or with offensive language or or phrased in a wrong way and people have gotten in trouble and many times people have lost careers because of their tweets and as we've seen some people have had their accounts stopped they've said threatening things to people i mean once again it's <laughs> oh the human species uh wow what a case study we are. <laughs> but Twitter has been around, you know, the, the Twitterverse, everybody's tweeting, and that's all you hear about still today. You know, I mean, look at look at uh, former President Trump. Pretty much made, I think, pretty much, well, I don't know if he got elected because of Twitter, but he certainly changed the tone of Twitter. And then, of course, he changed it so much and was on Twitter every day, he bypassed the original, the, the, the established media because he felt, well, why should, I, why should I have my statements reported on or filtered through the, the media, the journalistic media, when they don't like me, they have a bias against me, so everything I say, they are reporting, but they are also adding their own spin or their own bias against me. So why should I use them as the main conduit to talk to the American people? So, you know, Donald Trump became an enemy to the media, not so much because they didn't like him personally, and, and many people in the media don't like him, and that's obvious. We know who those people are. But what he, what he really did... And it was the, the first the first stone he threw was that he decided to bypass the media and go right to the people through his Twitter account to the point where then his Twitters, his tweets became news. That's where people were, were would, could go to hear what he had a comment on. And he was once again, so many times talking off the top of his head, which got him in trouble. But the media resented him for bypassing them. They they had been historically the conduit between the president and the public. And Donald Trump said, well, look, this is a new world, and uh, and you guys don't like me to begin with, and everything I say, you twist it. These are his words. So I'm going to go straight to the people, and he used Twitter to the point where then the <laughs> the media started to report on his tweets. And he would say some 
outrageously inaccurate or outrageously unfiltered comments that made news. But Donald, and then his, and, and, and so many things that then all of a sudden his Twitter account, because Twitter then is a private company, even though many people look at it like an extension of the media, it still is not. It is a private company, and they could put out whatever they want. They take advertising, mean, just like the, the media is, but they're 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 privately owned companies. I mean, they're 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 not they're not, I guess, how you would say, you know, established or or legitimate me- media like newspapers. But it's, it's it's a very thin line, right? And now we're seeing that some of the. Uh, you know, some of the social media things were suppressing certain stories. So, hey, once again, as I said before, once once humans get involved in any technology, they pretty much corrupt it and ruin it, right? But uh, but then Trump got kicked off of Twitter. But he actually, I think, really put it on the map. When you have the president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world, arguably, using your app, to talk to the world, that's pretty powerful stuff. So while the Twitterverse and Twitter was established over the last 10 or 15 years, no question, certainly over the last 10, uh, it was really Donald Trump who I think even elevated Twitter's profile and usage by by bypassing the uh, the media and using Twitter as his main communications platform for the world to the world, commenting on anything you wanted, just like in theory you were supposed to be able to do. Although you have to understand that when you're the president of the United States, what you say ha- carries a lot of weight. It's not the same as if Elton Jim is just. You know, saying, making a little comment, snarky or not, about something that he observes. When the President of the United States says it, uh, you know, stock markets can shift. Countries can go to war. So you have to be careful. And I don't think Donald Trump always was careful. And that's what got him in trouble. But, but also, what got him in trouble was bypassing the media. They felt like they were going to bury him because he decided that they were not trustworthy enough. They were not his friends. So there's been, a, there's been a clash between the media and Donald Trump for a long time for a lot of reasons. And him going to Twitter, I think, was a major one. He was kind of showing the world that the established media wasn't all that necessary anymore. So you have to, as much as Twitter has been vilified and corrupted and uh, and has strayed from its perhaps its initial mission you cannot deny the imprint and revolutionary change that it helped usher in in our society twitter was really one of the first and certainly one of the ones that that maintained as i said ironically for as for as many tweets as people put on there and as many users as it has um it only in the last i think they said the last 10 years 
it's only made a profit in two. A lot of people using it. At one point, uh, you know, there was a hundred million users and, and uh, you know, 500 million tweets a day. You know, 48 million accounts at this point. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but they couldn't find a way to make money from it. Most, you know, social media sites, platforms make their money from advertising. They don't charge you. Now, they're finding ways to, to maybe more monetize things because they're finding that they, they can't continue. It's, been a, it's kind of been a salad days, but now with a tighter economy, with inflation and a potential recession uh, looming, a lot of companies are cutting their advertising budgets is what always happens. Once again, economies uh, are always cyclical. And if you've been around long enough, you've been through enough, uh, you know, recessions as well as um, expansions of the economy. And during recession times, things, you know, companies cut back. And then when things are going better, they expand. They spend more money. And so Twitter, apparently, you know, you can't deny its popularity as well. I mean, once again, when, when you are a company, whose name becomes synonymous with an action or a product, when your brand name is used by people to describe a general product category or a a general product usage, you've hit the jackpot, right? When you go to a restaurant, what do you order? I'll have a Coke. Well, then they, what do they ask you? Is Pepsi okay? Yes, fine. But Coke is known in, in most people's minds as a cola. I'll have a Coke. I'll have a Kleenex. You know, that's a really a tissue. But we ask for a Kleenex. Even in the tech world, you know, Google that. You know, you don't say search for it. You say Google it. And tweets... Twitter, as I said, it was it was coined the Twitterverse. The world was known as the Twitterverse. And if you weren't on Twitter, you were, you know, out out of step. You were not cool. Everybody has everybody has a Twitter account, everybody's tweeting, everybody's getting on the, you know, this worldwide gossip platform for a while there. Until we started to see uh the dangers of Twitter. As I said before, knee-jerk comments that can get you in trouble. False information on Twitter. False identities on Twitter. Uh, Twitter themselves censoring information or withholding information from people's accounts. Deciding, according to their standards, whether you could be on it or not. Kicking people off like Donald Trump or your next-door neighbor. It wasn't just high-profile people that got their uh, their Twitter accounts suspended. 
people kicked off of Twitter. If you made threatening remarks or you made off-color remarks or something like that, they would suspend your Twitter account. And for some people, oh, my God, this was, this was catastrophe. They live to be on Twitter. Twitter was, was, the perfect, was the perfect outlet for narcissism. As I've said, that's what the Internet has really done in social media. Is, you know, it's made everybody feel that they've got an important voice, even though some people don't. They don't know that. Uh, they're, they're spewing hate speech. They're spewing false information. That's not good. But, uh, you know, everybody had to be on Twitter. I'll be honest with you. I have a Twitter account. I don't think I've ever tweeted. I was was given a Twitter account. It was started to me when I was on the radio full time. When I first started, probably in, uh, I was, when it really started to take hold, probably in 2007 or so, 2008. I don't even, someone opened it, a Twitter account for me because it was so new and so cool. And everybody was down there and you could say stuff and share stuff and make little comments and, and get some attention. So everybody had a Twitter account. I, it was opened for me. I think it's out there, I, but I have never used it. I, don't, I wouldn't even know how to get on it. I, wouldn't, I don't even know the, 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 the password. <laughs> I never found now once again I had the advantage at the time when this whole Twitter thing was going on I was on the radio so I had I had a platform to talk about things that I liked that I that I wanted to talk about I was on the radio at 50,000 watts every day so that's maybe why I didn't need now once again you know companies view Twitter as uh, another way to promote yourselves and, and a lot of people that's why i was this account this account was was started for me because uh oh you got to go on twitter to to raise your profile but i felt like you know i had a i had a platform to do that I had a microphone but uh but some People have been addicted to Twitter. They're still on it. Of course, the big deal in the Twitter world then was to get this, this check mark, this verified. Because of course, as I said before, uh, you know, once people get involved, it all gets corrupted, and uh, and then people were starting fake accounts, fake Twitter accounts for people, and posting things that they said, and and so then the key was to get this check mark that is so valuable. I guess in the Twitter world to get a check mark, whatever. I never was. Uh, I just was never into the the Twitterverse. There's younger people were now. Of course, now it's cool to get off of Twitter, you know. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna quit Twitter for a month. People, you know, like 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 they're um, they're giving up food or something. I'm like, okay, I've, I've given up Twitter for the whole my. I've never. I've never taken up Twitter, but they made it like not doing Twitter for a month or two months was going to be this the, the, enough for an announcement. So Twitter, there's no question, has been a, a, a dominating, influential force in the world, uh, socially, politically, you name it. But as a company... It, it really has never made much money, which is what it is at the end of the day. You can have all these altruistic 
you know, motivations of bringing the world together and people sharing and people democratizing information and all those, those, uh, you know, high minded goals of sharing and, and, um, you know, access to information, all those things. But as I said, at the end of the day, Twitter is a company. Twitter is a public company and it needs to make money to survive. And it hasn't in a long time. But Twitter, don't get me wrong. Twitter, like any social media thing, you can, you can, I, I can sit here and, and talk about its bad points all I want. But for many people, people still use Twitter every day. They enjoy it. They love it. They're addicted to it. And if you're someone like Elon Musk, if you're addicted to it, as he apparently is, so much so that despite its bad balance sheet, he offered to buy Twitter to, to, have, to make it his own plaything or, or make it into something that he felt it should be. And he had $44 billion in order to do it. And many people were saying, wow, $44 billion. He's way overpaying for, for a company that's never made any money. Impact, certainly. Uh, balance sheet, eh, not so much. And if you, if you saw the timeline of the story, he first offered Twitter $44 billion. I think uh, everybody involved in Twitter couldn't believe their eyes that somebody would, would, would want to, to, um, to buy the company for that much. I don't know if they were looking to sell the company necessarily, but when somebody offers you $44 billion to buy you out, That's uh, pretty hard to turn down. And, uh, you know, he made some millionaires even more rich with that buyout. And then if you remember the the story, not only then did he, he, um, you know, he wanted to buy it. Then I think he started to look at the books. He He had access to the books, and then he decided he didn't want to buy it. But then, apparently, he had signed some kind of a, an agreement that he was legally bound to buy it, and ultimately, he did buy it for $44 billion, a company that made very little profit at all in its existence. But once again, if you're that rich, uh, you know, this is like, for him, it's like buying a yacht, buying some crazy yacht. Or some crazy extravagance. And don't forget, I'm sure he had other investors. He, those, those $44 billion didn't just come right out of his pocket. But pretty big price tag for mostly the access that Twitter has. Certainly not the business aspect, but the access and the name. Everybody with the tweets. Everybody with Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. But... Uh, it's so funny that I've been following this and and I this is another aspect of society that I I've I've followed it from afar. I've not I don't really give a tweet about Twitter. Never use it and never was that interested in it. 
And as I said, I know that it, and, and, and as I said, I think even now it's, to me, it's even less attractive because I know what it's become. It's just become kind of a, uh, a, a place to, to, to put out your wares, to promote as opposed to sharing with everybody. It has its advantages. There's no question. You still can reach people by using Twitter. So I, I, I'm, I'm not against it. I'm just not someone that uses it. I see its value when it's used correctly or used effectively. But sadly, I also see how it's being used in, in, uh, in negative ways, too. And, of course, Elon Musk is a controversial figure. And so right away after he bought it, you know, well, now what's this mad billionaire going to do with it? And, you know, he has a reputation uh, for being a little more conservative in his politics and his worldview. So right off the bat now, you've seen more liberal people, especially high-profile people on the liberal side, saying they're leaving Twitter, they're closing their accounts as a protest against Elon Musk, and now in today's world, well, for a while, certainly at the beginning of this, uh, of this century, when, when Twitter started in the early 2000s, it was the only game in town. But now it isn't. So you can leave, you can leave Twitter, and you can endorse or be involved on other social media platforms like TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. And not even go to Twitter. So a lot of people are trying to make some kind of a big statement. I know Jim Carrey recently uh, announced that he was leaving Twitter. And at the same time, when when Elon Musk took over, he reinstated Donald Trump's uh, Twitter Twitter account after it being after it being. Um, taken away from him there's a lot of people that have left twitter and they make such a big deal because of that a lot of celebrities you know uh who who just do not want to be associated with twitter because uh you know elon musk is uh you know is is a is a left winger uh, you know how much he really uh, rules it from from his political, uh, you know, viewpoints. We'll still be we'll 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 still see how long it's been. But there's just been a lot of high profile people. Some, you know, I don't know. Some worth mentioning. Some not. As I said, a lot of people in the music world. A lot of people. You know, Jim Carrey. As I said, I I, I you know. Do you care that Trent Reznor is not on Twitter anymore? <laughs> I don't know. But I've just found it interesting how there's been so much talk about this. And I really, I mean, has, 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 has the buyout of Twitter really affected you in any way? I mean, if you're a Twitter user... Do you still use Twitter? 
And if you are, once again, I have no problem with that. I don't know how you use it or why you use it. I hope you use it responsibly. Because in in theory, as I said, when it was developed on the whiteboard, I think its its mission was was valuable. Its mission was for good, I believe. And it and and you can't you can't deny that when it started, it was a valuable tool. I think right now, for the most people that use Twitter. It's, it's in the news all the time because the people that use it the most are the people who report on news. I think the majority of people using Twitter on a daily basis, either using it or reading it, are people in the news business. And you have to understand that what you see when you scroll through, as I said before at the beginning here, what you see in your newspaper, what you see on your, news, uh, on your TV news, and what you see online in news as much as we like to think that there's this free passage and use of and flow of information, it still, to some extent, is being filtered and edited. Because the people that write on things write about either what they're interested in or what they think you'll be interested in. And so right there, that's an editing process. And so I believe that this titter, oops, <laughs> Twitter story, <laughs> be careful there, the Twitter story is gaining popularity, and it's every day you just see online. Elon Musk, I just read last week that now it's been reported that Elon Musk has, has, has created in some barren offices, you know, uh, a, a couple of you know bedrooms. I mean, so he's sleeping in the office, and right away, right away, you know, there was all this controversy within the first couple of weeks that Elon Musk bought Twitter. He was laying off thirty five hundred people, and they were talking about the layoffs, and they had the 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 email leaked to people, and the the process of how people were getting uh, getting let go. And, uh, and you're going to be hearing about lawsuits moving forward from people who have been fired by Twitter and, you know, in terms of their severance or why they got fired. You know, f- don't, don't forget, uh, as I, I spoke a few uh, podcasts ago, that's why I always say listen to the past so you know where we're going in the future. I was talking about how the tech world was facing its first real recession in the last 20 years. Uh, since social media, especially the last 15. And there's a whole generation of workers who have been going through the a high-flying economy. And this whole idea of being laid off and fired is a completely new concept to them. They only They only know about getting hired. They've had 15 jobs, but they've left each one to go to another one to get more money or new perks. They've never been fired in their life, and suddenly they're finding out that, that they've been fired, and it's not because they did a bad job. They've just been laid off because the company can't afford to, to have this many people. They, they, you know, Once again, these tech companies, when things were going good, as most companies for all the MBAs out there and all the Wharton schools of business, once again, it's run by people, and people are greedy. 
people never think anything wrong is going to happen. So when companies have good quarters, they want to get bigger. They want to do more. And they overextend themselves. And they hire way too many people. More than they need. And when business gets cut down, when when recession hits, then the layoffs come. And it's not about performance. Sometimes it's just about numbers. And it's a sad reality. And for somebody who has been a part of that on both sides of the coin in his career, I know it's, 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 it's not easy to be called into an office one day and to be told that you're not going to be working there tomorrow. And sadly, I know how, what it's like to be the person on the other side of that desk. They have to tell somebody that. Not easy, but a reality of business. And uh, and so this this Twitter thing is a legitimate story. Don't get me wrong. Uh, one of the biggest, uh, you know, most influential companies in the last twenty years being bought out by by one of the one of the if not the world's richest man for an inflated price. That's that's news. That's a story. And then hey, he wants to make this company profitable. Right? That's why you buy it. Yeah, it might be a plaything, but he's not just going to keep dumping money into it. So he does what every responsible manager does, whether he did it right or wrong. We can debate that. But hey, the, 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 sadly, in any company, the biggest expense that any company has is not its manufacturing, it's not its supplies, it's not its, its people. The biggest expense a company has is its workers. Its workers are its most important asset, and at times it's its biggest, uh, you know, drawback. Because people who work, use up, are an expense. Their salaries, their benefits are an expense. You want to keep making your product, you need those. You definitely need those. And so it's difficult because people are integral to running your company, but they're also the easiest to get rid of. You, can't, you know, If you're going to make a product, you need these X ingredients or you don't make the product. So you can't cut back on your ingredients for your product or whatever it takes your supplies to make that product so where are you going to cut so this story i understand why this story has some legs first of all right on its face you've got twitter a well-known brand name as i said which was able to establish itself its name as a behavior tweet twitter tweet Oh, I'm going to write a tweet. I mean, that's when you say that, that's social media, right? Twitterverse. The word, the product was actually used to describe the behavior or the bigger the bigger category itself. You can't do better than that. As I said, Google, Google that. You know, I'll have a Coke. I'll have a Kleenex. Give me some Mr. Clean, right? You know, Mr. Clean 
is a product. It's a brand. You know, it's, it's, but it's a cleaner. But you don't say, give me the cleaner. You say, give me Mr. Clean. So Twitter achieved that. Very few companies do, but Twitter did. So when, a, when the world's richest man decides to buy it for $44 billion, that's a big deal. I get that. And then the other sideline of that is when it starts to make some business decisions, that's a big deal, right? Anytime a company's laying off thousands of people, that's a big deal. That affects our economy. People then will not have a job, right? That's, that's how recessions start. When the economy slows down. So people losing their job, that's a big signal of a recession. So when Twitter lays off 3,300 people, that's a big deal. And then, as I said, a, a, a sideline to that is it's, it's the first time because we're seeing all these high-flying tech companies like Facebook, like Google, like Twitter, who were hiring, 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 hiring like Apple, hiring, hiring, hiring. And suddenly, for the first time in their, in, their, in, their, in their life, in their history, they've had to lay off people. They don't, they, don't even, they don't want to even call it layoffs because that word is so scary. And it seems to them like it's going to be uh, you know, negative. And, and, and their younger uh, employees who have never been through layoffs, who have never experienced being fired for cause or not, how are they going to deal with it? I mean, we're in a very fragile, you know, everybody's offended. Everybody's feelings are hurt with, with this, the, the slightest of things. Well, if you lose your job, that is a sort of a, a, a sense of self-worth. When you're laid off, that is, that is a, a, a damaging blow to your psyche, especially when you've done a good job and you're not being let go because you did a bad job or you did something wrong. You're just being eliminated because you might not have as much severance, I mean, as much uh, time at the company or experience, or you're making too much money, and they can hire two people for the price of one. A lot of, you know, it, it becomes a, what's interesting is while you're working at the company, you are valued, and people rely on you, right, every day. You're flooded with emails, and what are you doing, and get this done, we have deadline, blah, 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 blah. And then in one day, as important as you have been on a day-to-day basis for five years or 15 years, whatever it may be, two years, six months, whatever it is, you, you seem so vital to the operations that you're involved in at that company. And then one day you can be told you're gone and that company goes on without you. And that's a shock to the system. So you also had that happening at Twitter and other tech companies too. For the first time, you've had a generation not used to mass layoffs like that. And especially this millennial generation, which is very fragile and very uh, easily affected and offended. So I understand it. But it's, it's also been interesting because I can take a step away from it because I've, there's so much buzz about Twitter every day, and I get it, but I don't get it because I don't use it, <laughs> and I never really have. So it's, been, it's kind of been interesting at this point to, 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 to be able to observe it from the outside 
and see all the different little layers of of activity that are going on in this company, but at the same time, not really have it affect me. I I I can honestly say that uh, I'm not quitting Twitter because I never really joined Twitter. I'm not fasting from. I'm not doing an intermittent fast from Twitter because I never feasted on Twitter. I was never addicted to Twitter, so I it's, it's not going to be whatever happens to Twitter. I find of interest. As a, a pop culture observer, but not as a pop culture user. But wow, there's a lot going on in Twitter. Are they going to charge you for the check mark? All these things are so important to some people. And so it's kind of been interesting for me to, um, to look at it from the other side to say, <laughs> I don't need a check mark. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh, I don't use it as a platform, but I am interested from a news junkie standpoint and as a person in society to see what happens next because hundreds of million people do use Twitter and you've got this high profile guy that knows no boundaries. And so it's going to be interesting to see what he does, but is all this Twitter, all these, all this, it's got, it's got the world in a Twitter, right? Is all this Twitter affecting you? Because from where I'm sitting, as I said before, as interesting as it might be, uh, I still don't give a tweet. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com wherever you go to find your favorite podcast we are there and don't forget to tell your friends tell your family tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is elton jim's captain podtastic and it should be theirs too your loyalty and devotion are much appreciated hope you enjoyed episode number 342 i'm jim toronto i ain't here on business i'm only here for fun you've been listening to elton jim's captain podtastic from the end of the web to your screen. Tweet, tweet.